Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Randy and Michelle with you on 101 ESPN. We head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and our friend Matt Weiner of NBA TV and Turner Sports. Kind enough to join us this morning on 101 ESPN. Matthew, of course, uh, one of the legends produced by the Hazelwood West Athletic Program and uh, a great St. Louis. Matthew, good to have you with us. How are you, sir? (laughs) So far, so good. I'm chuckling, A, A, at the fact that you referred to me as a legend. B, (laughs) that I was somehow produced by the Hazelwood West Athletic Program is is pretty spectacular. You're, You're a sports guy, right? I, I am. I was a terrible high school basketball player there. I, I don't know that the athletic program can take a lot of credit for anything I've done since. Hey, uh, you have to be excited, and the owners are going to vote at 1130 this morning. And uh, uh, Woj, obviously, he's the best insider there is, says that there's going to be a 22-team tournament. But just from the standpoint of being able to do your job, you got to be pretty excited about <laughs> the fact that the NBA is coming back in July, right? I have done all the power washing I can possibly do. <laughs> I, I'm ready to talk about NBA games that matter again. So, yeah, it, it is exciting. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what the games are going to look like. I don't know what the coverage is going to look like. I don't know where I will be covering things from. Uh, will it be in Orlando? Will it be in a studio away from other people here in Atlanta? Will it be in my bedroom as I've, as I've been the last whatever it's been now, two months. Um, There's so many unanswered questions, but uh, yeah, it's exciting that we're going to actually play again. Matt, as we sit here in St. Louis, desperate for sports to come back, we've been focusing a lot on the the squabbling and dissent between Major League Baseball owners and the Players Association. And while it's a, a different comparison to make it just seems like the nba did a lot of these discussions in a collaborative and cohesive manner which is really positive to see and that's why it's kind of not surprising i think for a lot of people that the nba would be the first team to confirm concretely that they're going to come back but what is it about the way adam silver approaches these negotiations or really any issue whether it's with the owners or the players or just the sport of basketball in general that leads so many people to to trust him well, I think first and foremost, he listens. Um, he, he's, you know, he's cultivated a relationship with Michelle Roberts, who leads the players' union. He's cultivated relationships with the likes of Chris Paul, who's the president of the players' union, um, and his predecessors. You know, he, he has those relationships. He includes players in major NBA decisions. You know, he's the final decision maker on most things, but he listens to to all the stakeholders involved. Um, you know, David Stern, his predecessor, could be very tough in a negotiating setting, but he, he paved the way in that regard by including players in decisions and in discussions because it affects them and they're, they're the face of the league. It, it makes perfect sense from a business standpoint. And when you look at some of the other leagues and the acrimony between 
uh, the commissioner's office and the players' unions, and not just about money stuff. There's always going to be disagreements about that. But on, on other topics, it just doesn't make any sense to not be on the same page. And that, that to me, is what he's done better than, than any commissioner currently holding those jobs. Matt Weiner is with us. He, of course, covers the NBA for Turner Sports, and he's with NBA TV. And Matt, almost inevitably, when we get to the NBA playoffs, the two best teams wind up playing for the championship. You've watched a lot of basketball. Do you think that still applies in this sort of environment? Will it be the Lakers and whoever the East has to offer, whether it's the Celtics or uh, one of the top te- or Toronto, or will it be? Is there a, a chance for this to be more like March Madness, where uh, a team that we don't expect to come out on top does? Well, I think the fact that apparently they're going to have seven-game series for every round of the playoffs probably takes the March Madness scenario out of play for the most part. I mean, that's the beauty of March Madness. It's a one-and-done scenario. And there have been lots of examples where um, you know, higher seeded teams have lost game one of a playoff series in a one eight seed sort of series. Uh, but very rarely does that eight seed, you know, come back. Um, so I, I, I think you're going to have the best teams when it's all said and done. But, you know, factor in the fact that there really is no home court advantage for anybody in this setting. Uh, or, you know, arguably, I guess the Orlando Magic might theoretically have some some home court advantage, but there are no fans there. There's nobody there cheering for them, so that kind of takes that out of play. I suppose that does level the playing field a little more, but because of the seven-game series, it's so hard to pull a major upset in that scenario because teams scout the heck out of each other. They know every tendency. There are no secrets, and it's very difficult to, to pull off something that the, the better team didn't see coming and win four games. Michelle and I were talking during the break about one team that intrigues us, and that's New Orleans, because Zion was still coming back from the knee surgery and was yeah. rounding into shape. If he has maintained conditioning, they even if they don't win, they'll be an interesting team. They'll be great for you guys on TV. Sure, and that, that was one of the, uh, the many theories about what the league wanted to do when they were putting this together was to keep the Pelicans in play, frankly, to keep Zion on television sets because he's, you know, he's riveting. Um, it, it's fascinating to watch him play. And if you look at their on off court numbers, they're pretty great when he's on the floor, they can't play him the entire game. Um, but they're a different team when he's on the floor, his presence, his gravity just changes things for the Pelicans. They're not a great team. Um, they've, they've kind of been, four or five different teams over the course of the year because of injuries and because of, of bringing him back into the fold. But they're one of the teams that has a shot now at this eighth seed if they can catch Memphis, along with Portland, who, remember, will have two members of their starting lineup back when they come back, presumably because Yusuf Nurkic, who suffered a, a horrible uh, broken leg last, I think it was last March, should be ready to play now. He's their starting center, and Zach Collins has missed most of the season with an injury. They should have both those players back. Remember, this was a Western Conference Finals team last year, and they've got a shot to make the playoffs now. The, the possibilities because of this little sprint to the finish and potential playoff or a play-in scenario for the eighth seed are just all over the place. Matt, I know we're so excited about the NBA returning, so we're focusing on the teams that we will see in this new format. But the teams that are going to be left out of the Orlando 
Orlando format. I know that this, there's been talk about how that's going to affect them both financially, competitively, in a lot of different ways. And I know there's been dialogue about how to maybe bridge that gap a little bit. But if you're one of the teams that isn't going to be featured in this Orlando format, you have to have some concerns. For sure. And it and it's different for all the different teams. You know, the Warriors, Steve Kerr was, was pretty public about the fact that he, he just didn't want to come back. There was no point for them. But they're in a very different situation than, say, the Hawks here in Atlanta where I live. The Hawks are the youngest team in the league. Uh, they want games. They want their players out there getting reps, getting minutes. And that, that has gone away. They had, I think, 15 games left in the regular season. They want those if they can get them. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised that there's some sort of accommodation for these teams to have some sort of late summer or fall camp or to have some sort of exhibition games or something to get people back on the floor and playing again because otherwise you're looking at potentially nine months between games. That's a really, really long time. Um, And you don't want players not playing. You risk injury that way. Um, You know, beyond rust and development, there's a much greater chance of injury if you're ramping up after that long of a layoff. Matt, uh, we can't do an NBA conversation because we're contractually obligated to do so (laughs) to talk about LeBron James in the playoffs. And obviously they were the favorites heading into the playoffs. If we would have played the regular season, I think LeBron AD would have been the favorites. But LeBron is getting older. We all are getting older, but he's getting older as an athlete is based on what you saw this year. Is there any reason to believe there's any decline on the way for LeBron James? Well, it's going to happen. Um, you know, I think there are, are snapshots where maybe you see a little decline. Not a lot, though, for a guy of 35. And remember, last season he became the oldest player in league history to lead the league in minutes. He has done an incredible job of taking care of himself, and his durability has been phenomenal. You know, he, he's still good enough to lead a team to a championship. I don't think there's any question about that. Age will catch up with him sooner or later because it always does. But, you know, he, he's good enough right now. I think for me the bigger question is, are the Lakers good enough? And I, and I know they're the favorites for a lot of people, but Milwaukee's awfully good coming out of the East. And the L.A. Clippers, to me, I, they were the team to beat going into the season. And you could, you could argue that based on, on results and what you've seen on the floor, you might prefer the Lakers. But for me, with the Lakers – the Clippers have enough good defenders. I mean, up and down the roster, beyond Kawhi Leonard, beyond Paul George, they are a really good defensive team filled with great individual defenders. They can throw some people at LeBron and at Anthony Davis. They're not going to stop them, obviously, but they could throw some people at them. And I do wonder if there's a third shot creator scorer on that Laker team uh, to help them beat the Clippers in a seven-game series. And that's, you know, this is all theoretical stuff. That's why we, we want to see that series happen. No doubt. Matt, it's always great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Can't wait to see you on TV and doing the NBA in uh, July or August. I can't wait to be talking about games that matter, for sure. Be great. Uh, thanks for having me. Stay safe, you guys. All right, we'll talk to you soon. See you later. Okay.